You know, I, I just yeah. did a show the other day. Ron, De, I mean, look, I'm not sitting to do this to like bash Ron DeSantis. I don't like any politician, but you know, he's over there pushing to make Florida the first smart state uh, in the United States. They've got the digital ID in the in practice already. It's not uh, mandatory yet, but they have to always roll it out slowly. It's like, come on, they're all involved with this nonsense. Mm -hmm. Yep. Accelerating the build out. <clears throat> Keep going. Yeah, see, they've got the International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers here. See, this is the buy-in we always talk about. You have to get all these large groups of people. See, these guys get certified in a classroom, 20,000 of them. They have no idea. They just they get a paycheck, and then they, and all of a sudden, the next thing you know, they buy into it because that's how they put food on the table. Mm. All right. Oh, of course, Tesla's in here. Hertz and BP. Pilot Company, General Motors, EVGo. All right, they got all the usual guys here. Travel Centers of America and Electrify Pilot. America. Mercedes-Benz, ChargePoint, mm -hmm. MNA, ChargePoint, Volvo, Starbucks, General Motors, Francis Energy, Forum Mobility, Ford. All right, so they got everybody on board then. All the big industrialists in the automobile industry. Mm -hmm. Ooh, look at this Have one, suddenly Jim. Become benevolent. They're, they're going to create a new 600 new union jobs in disadvantaged communities while reducing harmful <laughs> emissions at the ports <laughs> and along the freight corridors. <laughs> mm -hmm. All right. Yep. Vehicle future. Okay. That Next one to me, uh, email. All right. That's interesting. All right. So you were able to pull that out of the Zero Hedge article. Uh, oh, actually, that was your next link, right? Yeah, yeah. So you then go to the next one. All right. Next yeah, one, we've got uh, driveelectric.gov. And if it's .gov, folks, yeah, that's official is, uh, business. It's, uh, what, I can't read it, Joint Office of Energy and Transportation. Yes. So this is .gov, correct? Yeah. A future where everyone can ride and drive electric. Exactly. Modernized. An interagency approach to support <laughs> the deployment of zero emission, convenient, accessible, equitable transportation yeah. infrastructure. That's there equitable. it is again. There it is. See, yep. that's what happens. They make these rounds, folks. The, the, the talking points. All right. So benefits of investing in our electric vehicle charging infrastructure. Oh, so they need people to mm -hmm. invest in this now? What are they running a GoFundMe for the electric highway? Well, it's the reverse of GoFundMe. They've they put the money there. You have to go apply to get it and build it out. No, I thought they were asking people to invest. Like they want us to give them money to help them do this. <laughs> oh, wait, they just take that through your tax Indeed. dollars. You don't really have a choice. <laughs> You're investing in this one way or another. All right, is there anything else, uh, anything on here you want to read? So the, there's an article there uh, from February 15th where the uh, the joint office releases a notice of intent for funding opportunity and Department of Energy announces EV charging and hydrogen corridor project funding. 
Okay, so real quick, this hydrogen stuff. You have to know your color schemes with the, when it comes to hydrogen because there's there's blue hydrogen, there's gray hydrogen, there's green hydrogen, and there's pink hydrogen. Okay, that's the different colors of hydrogen. So gray hydrogen is made from natural gas and the CO2 that's separated from the natural gas is not captured and stored. That's gray hydrogen. A blue hydrogen is the same exactly as gray hydrogen. It comes from natural gas, but they do capture and, and or store the CO2 once it's separated. Green hydrogen is the same thing as blue hydrogen, except the electricity used to do the separation of the natural gas to turn it into hydrogen is it comes from green sources such as solar or wind pink hydrogen is the same thing it comes from you're taking natural gas and turning it into hydrogen and using nuclear energy as for the electricity Jeez. but it all starts with natural gas this is insanity so uh, like just a quick question for the audience is this the hydrogen flag right here <laughs> 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 is that, do we need one of those at this point so that we can understand the uh yeah. the hydrogen yeah okay all right so at least we got that down all right so uh there is there is a a there is a i can't remember what color they they call the hydrogen where they actually separate it from water uh but it's so complicated and so expensive they they rarely talk about it oh okay all right yeah should we go to the next one in other words it does it's not sourced from natural gas all the others are sourced from natural gas yeah go to the next one okay so just a quick question there's driveelectric.gov if people want to look uh at the is this the website they created to combine all that information coming out of the biden initiative and everything so people is this a good like resource to look I, at i don't know i didn't i did not do it i didn't do a deep dive on this thing i just uh, found it interesting all right. Well, uh, here's resources on here that you had uh, linked. Yeah, data and tools. Okay, part Scroll of a down. suite of technical assistance resources. This is a driveelectric.gov/resources. The Joint Office of Energy and Transportation connects stakeholders with critical data tools. This is like the smart city stuff that I've showed people. Like, it's a bunch of links to like third-party data sets that no one like normal oh, yeah. would be able to make stop, use of stop, this stop 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 go back up yeah 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 look, look at this one rural ev toolkit resources from the u.s department of transportation to assist rural stakeholders with planning for ev charging infrastructure so that's kind of like the smart that's, village that's stuff the equity about. and climate impact tools <laughs> yeah and then just the that, ev charging justice 40 just, map yeah, click on it. Just out of curiosity, charging forward a toolkit for planning and funding rural electric mobility infrastructure. And then what is this? A whole a whole page here on uh Yeah, with links. Oh my god, environmental this, resources no, so this is for so this is for infrastructure planning. So this is for developers that want to get a hold of some grants, some contracts, some money to go out and start putting charging stations all over the farms, basically. All yeah, over scroll back line. up. There was something, a 20% thing. What did that say? Um, 
uh, in rural right there. parts of the country, in rural home. parts of the country, home to twenty percent of Americans and almost seventy percent of road miles, EVs can be especially attractive alternative to conventional vehicles. Rural residents See, drive rural. more than their urban counterparts. <laughs> spend more on vehicle fuel because they're not in a fifteen-minute city. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So this is a good link if people want to go do a deep dive here. Um, yeah. And scroll back up. I saw something else that caught my eye. Let's see here. <laughs> uh, no, so they've got the Clean Cities Coalition Network, which I think you might have talked about, or at least I sent you stuff on. We haven't gone through yet. Vehicle registration counts by map or by state. Scroll down. This is this is one of the links I, I sent you. I know it is. Wait, we're all EV right here. Registration counts by state. Yeah, click this. This is what blew my mind. This is one. This is one the one that triggered me to think that okay, we got to go look at this. Okay, scroll down so we get the map. Yeah. So this is at afdc.energy.gov. Which so is an this is a alternative fuels data center. I, I mean, these are all government yeah. programs and stuff, guys. Like every time I like to point out, here's another one U.S. Department of Energy, Energy Efficiency and Renewable yep. Energy, Alternative Fuels Data Center. Right. So straight from the government. <laughs> yeah, this was Scroll established this under the, the... <laughs> I, I think this was established under the Constitution, this department. <laughs> right. So, okay, so hover over one of the states. All right, so there's a state Pick map one. here, like an interactive yeah. map. Uh, let's look at Montana. It yeah. says electric vehicles, 1,600. <laughs> Wait, does that mean, does that mean in, 20, in 2021 they only had 1,600 electric vehicles in Montana? 400 in <laughs> North correct. Dakota? <laughs> Oh, this Minnesota, 15,000, 15, but that's because they have the... Yeah, Minnes so North Dakota, 400. Folks, this is the vehicle count. It's a vehicle count of electric vehicles registered in whatever state. Pick New York. Go over, New, York. over New York. 51,900. Now, those are high because they have the cities. Like, if you go to Lover, Massachusetts, uh, is 30,000. Connecticut's 13. But that's because those yeah. are... I mean, I hate to Dude, say this because this is political. What? Uh, South Carolina. Yeah, South got Carolina. Seventy-four hundred. What's the population of South Carolina? Yep, California's got a lot, obviously. California. Oh yeah, five hundred and sixty-three thousand. It says. Know. But now this is interesting. <laughs> Look at the bottom of the graph. Vehicle count is what we have highlighted. Now click market share. All right. Oh, okay, cool. Now, I was looking. State, I was hoping what there was percentage some of, of all vehicles are EV. <laughs> right. So California has a, and this is twenty twenty one. California had a half a million EV yeah. cars, which is only one point six percent of the market share. So of total cars, one point six percent. Texas point three, yeah. Montana point two, and North they won at fifty percent in seven years. 
Yeah, 50% of the new uh, cars sold. Let's see. Yeah, okay. So most of these are below. Um, is California the one, only one that's over 1%? Yep. California and Washington State are the only ones above 1% market share. Well, Hawaii. Hawaii down there. Oh. Uh, 1.3. Okay, so, so three. Hawaii, California, and Washington State are the only ones at 1% or above. Yeah, now look, now click per capita. Wow. So California, which has the most, <laughs> a half a million, is 0.014 electric cars per person. 0.014. So in some cases here, folks, on the map, there's statistically zero electric cars in some of these states. Mississippi... <laughs> is what did i see 0. 0.000 per person louisiana 0. 0.001 arkansas 0. 0.001 alabama 0. 0.001 I, I knew you would love this graph kentucky this, 0. This 0. 0.001 so there's a large number of states here where there's statistically zero electric cars <laughs> right <laughs> but let's go spend 27 billion dollars to electrify the, the I highways i know and people have to look at it this way it's like if the government said um we want everyone by 2030 to be eating cricket paste and then there's literally 0. 0.0001 percent of people eating cricket paste and the government goes listen we're going to spend 27 billion dollars to make cricket paste available everywhere like even though there's 0.001 percent of people eating cricket paste (laughs) (laughs) it's a grift it's it's not only is it a grift okay so Catherine austin fitz talks about this 21 trillion dollars that she's documented that's gone missing from department of uh, defense and department and hud right that was as of 2016 the numbers got to be bigger by now let's say it's 30 40 50 trillion dollars uh-huh. how do you launder that much money this is one of the ways you launder it right and these politicians aren't going to be around in 30 or 40 years when the prison is finally uh you know launched as active and live and the trap door shut so they're going to get their money from the grift now so you take the the stolen money and you build out all the smart poles and all the charging stations and all that and you get kickbacks off of it today as a politician right it's going in some offshore fund in some family member's name with like 50 llc's connected to it so you can't find it right they're, yeah. they're not only stealing the money they're laundering the money so this 27 billion is obviously not laundered money but some of this stuff is being built out with stolen money the 27 billion is coming directly out of the coffers yeah well it's and it's like i showed the the folks the opportunity zone one with the unrealized gains the objective of the zat was to move private capital into the opportunity zones and smart cities 
by uh, telling the technocrats that they wouldn't have to pay taxes on their realized gains if they floated right. it through an opportunity zone fund, which are all managed by like Goldman Sachs and they're not even regulated or overseen by the government. So nobody really knows what they're doing with the fund money. And then the technocrats yes, are investing. Yeah, and then and then the, and then the the technocrats are taking their realized gains, putting it in there, and then it's being invested into their companies that they own because they own all the smart pole companies and they own all the tech companies and all the uh, companies that are building out all the infrastructure. So they're just running the money back through themselves, like constantly. And then you have stolen money. Yeah. Then you have this money that'll just be stolen from the taxpayers. Um, but yeah, like you said. They're just funneling this money. And this isn't like a new thing because politicians have been doing this for years. They steal money and then they funnel it out to their cousin who owns the sign company. And then they make a law that says we have to have 2,000 more signs on the highway or everybody has to have a certain child uh, booster seat in your car. And then it comes out six years later that the governor that signed the bill's second cousin owns the manufacturing plant that makes the plastic that they use on the car seat. Like this. This is how these guys yeah. enrich themselves. I, I met, I know this guy who was in the government side and then in the private sector contracting to the government. And he told me, um, and he's made a lot of money over the years. And he said, you know, that little kids, uh, they don't really have it at the playgrounds anymore because it's dangerous. But it was the thing you would grab the handle and run around in a circle and then jump on it and it would spin around in a circle. Um, it was like a playground yeah. toy. He said, he exactly yeah. explained it to me like this. He goes, this is how I've uh, played the system for years as someone who gets government contracts. He said, just imagine that thing, but it has windows on it all the way around. And the windows are all open. And inside are bags of government cash. He goes, my job <laughs> is to just reach the hand in the windows while it's spinning and pull out as many bags of government cash as I can without having my arm ripped off because a window shuts on it. And I just pull out the cash. My job is to move it from the government over into my bank account. And that's all I do. And he goes, and that's how I made my millions of dollars over the years. Jeez. And this is just another example of it. I know. I, it's a grift. In my second life, I will be in government contracting. <laughs> but that chart, I mean, so when I was clicking all these links and stuff and, and I got to that chart of the U.S., that graphic where the per and I clicked over, hovered, I just did a few states and hovered over. And I'm like, this is fantastic. It's no different than, uh, you know, the, the EIA website. This is Department of Energy, but on the EIA's website, when I found the graph for each state, you can click on each state and find out how much electricity comes from coal and natural gas, et cetera, which most of it does in most yeah. states. Right. Um, this is similar, but I, so yeah. that's why I thought it'd be a good idea just to show the public live. Yeah, well, like I said, I, I had sent it, it over to you. That's why when I did uh, Coral Gables or I was showing the data centers in Virginia now, I do that. I always go and pull up, you know, how is their electricity made? So, like, in Coral Gables, mm -hmm. everything is smart. It's all electrical. 81% of Florida's uh, electricity is created using fossil fuels. You know, in Virginia, that's the largest data center state in the country, like, because they have all the government stuff running through there. Over 60% of their electricity is you made wanna, with fossil fuels. You want fuels. an interesting factoid? What's that? Interesting factoid from the Rockefeller book. What year was Apple's first smart iPhone introduced to the masses. 
I don't know. Was it 02? 07. 07. Guess what the title of the 2007 annual report of the Rockefeller Rockefeller Foundation's annual report was? What was it called? Smart something? Smart globalization. Yeah. Uh, You know, it's funny that you bring that up because I did not... I did not see that in the highlight stuff, but I was just thinking about it the other day. I'm like, all right, I'm going to do some research into where the smart branding came from because Apple was the first to use it in the consumer world, but they always send out, you know, Apple, Microsoft, Elon Musk nowadays. These guys are the ones who do like the front-facing branding campaigns. So the rooms are made in the uh, cloakrooms of the world elites all these different words in the branding. And then eventually what happens is they hand it off to these guys and then they go out on the stage and they go, smartphone, smartwatch, you know, and they start saying all these things. And because you're like, there's the term smart, there's a bunch of these other ones that you find. Like you said, artificial intelligence. What did that, that came out of a Rockefeller funded conference in like 1959 or something like that? Yeah, yeah, (laughs) it did. And and don't don't forget Rockefeller's company. It was the Rockefeller Brothers Incorporation at the time, but they changed the name to Venrock. Uh, they were a seed capital funding, uh, or they provided seed capital funding for Apple. Inc. Oh yeah, yep, that In was the very on beginning. that. Uh, yeah, and that's right on that website you uh, sent me, like their actual front-facing investment yeah. website for that fund. All the different companies. Yeah, that and that, uh, that website's still up, folks. And Dustin and I went to it, and there's like 250 companies that they provided seed capital to, and I don't know how many of them merged with or were bought out by big, big, big corporations. Yeah, here, let me just pull it up. It, so it's Ven, V-E-N, Rock, R-O-C-K.com. I mean, it was amazing. We, we spent about, I don't know, like 10, 15 minutes on the phone a week or two ago talking about this, and Jim was like, yeah, pull it up, yeah. check it out. It's just their front-facing um website where they have all their investments and this is just one rockefeller fund and then it's cool because you can see like they invested in this company that was later bought by apple but then you could see that they owned apple like it all overlaps i mean the point being Mm -hmm. is that it's like all the research projects i've done live on the show where i'll say okay let's look at peter thiel oh he was one of the first investors in spotify and then he's also a major investor in rumble and then they create this campaign in the public that rumble is trying to take joe rogan away from spotify it was just an orchestrated wwe wrestling it was peter thiel trying to take joe rogan from peter thiel (laughs) it's like so when you see this and you go oh these competitors wait how are they competitors when these same people are behind all the companies are they really competitors you know or are they working together Well, the other thing you realize is you know like you said that's one rockefeller affiliated fund or company and they've had they've provided seed capital to 250 companies on just with that one so how in the world are they not listed as on the forbes list of the richest family in the world or the second next to rothschilds exactly and you've said it there's been people saying that for years like the guys who uh, don't want to be on the list aren't on the list and in the end they're probably the guys if you look behind the funding that own the list <laughs> so they right. own, and and they also are invested in pretty much everyone who is on the list see that's how it works too 
well, it was aware. interesting. The Rockefeller book went into the whole thing about Nelson and uh, when he was trying to become VP or and really president. It was it was going to come out publicly how much the family, through all their different entities and individually, owned of Exxon, <laughs> and they didn't want that out. They didn't want it disclosed. So Nelson withdrew his vice president president's like nomination or whatever he he withdrew from the race become vp because they they did not want that out now what did come out was that some of the rockefeller family members owned one percent of exxon mm -hmm. okay but they didn't want it to come out how much they actually owned now originally <laughs> when standard oil was broken up they owned 25 percent yeah. who knows what it is now uh, and in, I think it was 2016, they also orchestrated that they're going to divest of oil and gas because they're fighting climate change. Well, they did that in one of the smaller funds. That's what they announced. In reality, what they did is a couple months later, they came back and said, nah, we're, we're going to keep that because we can affect more change having board seats. Yeah. But what they didn't tell you was all the other Rockefeller organizations were buying more shares of Exxon. <laughs> Yeah, that's like the whole Peter Thiel, Elon Musk thing. Look, we're we're not really trying to destroy humanity with AI. We just happen to own all the companies that are developing it and building it. You know why we're doing that? To make sure it ends up ethical. You know, <laughs> it's like give me yeah, work. yeah. <laughs> and like, I think it was five years ago or whatever. One Rockefeller entity, the Rockefeller Financial Services entity, owned a million shares of Exxon. That's a hundred and eleven million dollars today. Yeah, that's one entity, and then and then on top of it, their worldwide, yeah. you know, power and control and the control of all these NGOs and nonprofits and think tanks, that is priceless. Like the value on that brand and power and control is worth a million times more than the trillions that they probably actually have. You know, I mean, when you control everything. Right including the printing press <laughs> and eventually the data center that's going to mine all the CBDC tokens, like that's priceless. You're infinitely wealthy at that point. At this point, I'm convinced the family collectively is worth tens of trillions of dollars. Yeah, just if you added up their current like asset books today, like all their investments today, not even being able to project like, okay, if you were to package this and sell this family brand, how much would that be worth? Yeah. Uh, priceless, folks. You can't, you can't pay for something like that. Like if you were able to open their book of right. all the companies and people and politicians and CEOs that they control, I, I mean, that's world, world dominance. Mm -hmm. you, could, you couldn't sell that to anybody. Uh, all right, so you want to go over right. to this next uh, document here, which is the U.S. Department of Energy. Yeah, this is, again, U.S. Department of Energy, Clean Cities Coalition Network. Here we go. <laughs> building partnerships to advance affordable efficient and clean transportation fuels and technologies all right just pick a city uh where do you want to type look? it in you, there you, you give me one type in uh type in charlotte north carolina okay we have a uh, centralina clean fuels coalition yep so this is the Clean Cities Coalition Network uh, over at cleancities.energy.gov. So this allows you to, what, find all of the partners? 
I think so. Scroll down. It's got the contact information. It's got the energy use impact. And population. All right, wait. So what area how does covers. This, this is interesting. So this is general stats, energy use impact, annual energy impact of gasoline equivalents. All right. Annual energy impact by alternative fuel vehicle project type. Alternative fueling stations. Hey, Jim, j- just an honest question. What? Who's looking at this kind of information besides like an investor or something that's going to invest in the tech or invest in, in one of these companies? I mean, the regular everyday people aren't looking at this stuff, right? No. No way. So there it's got how many EV stations there are in the area, where the, where the uh, fuel comes from, natural gas, et cetera. Annual emissions reduced. It's all these colorful pie charts. Wow. Emissions reduced by alternative fuel vehicle project. Just out of curiosity, hold on, let me type in another one and see. Uh, let's just put Coral Gables. We'll see if they have something. Ooh, search not in the coalition boundary. So the smart city of Coral Gables is not in the Clean Cities Coalition Network. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see if Orlando is, because they're trying to claim they're a smart city now. <laughs> 